Hey, welcome to Couple Skate. I'm Emma Arnold. And I'm Pidge. Thank you. Pidge and Emma. Pidge and Emma. How are you? I'm pretty good. Actually, I'm, I think I'm getting over a little bit of a cold. I'm not, I don't think I'm getting over a little cold. I am getting over a little cold. So <laughs> you my. You want to leave a little ambiguity <laughs> right. I didn't want everybody to know out there in Radio Land. I'm having terrible allergies. And yeah. I'm sneezing. I sneezed uh, like 40 times in a row the other day. And I was at the airport where you just know everybody's like, gross. Every time you do it, they're like, right. gross, 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 <laughs> gross. Stop, stop. And I just could not stop sneezing. And this guy next to me said, God bless you, almost every time. And I was like, please. Like, you're making this so much worse. You're bringing so much attention to every time. I'm like, actually, you're like, God bless you. I'm like, one will do it. <laughs> Let's just have that one cover all yeah, the subsequent like a, cost. A blanket. God bless you. You're not required to every time. And I was also like, what do you think happens if you don't? Right. Please stop. It's not like stepping on a crack and breaking your mother's back. Yeah. No. Which will for sure happen. God bless you. <laughs> how's your mom? Uh, she's pretty really good. Yeah, how's, how's mom? Yeah, well, um, you know, I think I mentioned that my parents were in a feud oh. for a, a long time because last fall my mom fell and broke her arms okay. <laughs> remember yeah, that yeah, uh-huh. and then my dad was so mad at her mm-hmm. about it then they like stopped talking and it's really annoying to everybody else when you're not talking because yeah. then you have to be like everybody else has to be the intermediary b- between you two so it's just real inconvenient and rude um so I was super fed up with my parents and my poor little sister who ends up taking the brunt of it was just like exasperated because it's, it's been since last September yeah. that my parents are not talking. Like literally. They're married. They live in the same home. But they are not, like they really aren't talking. <laughs> really aren't talking. Also, they own a business, like it's a family business. So we're like in business with them not talking. And I don't know what changed. But now I'm super annoyed because all of a sudden the feud is over and my mom's like, oh, well, your dad, he's just too, you know, he's so nice and we're doing all these fun things. And I'm like, what? Fucking get a divorce if you're going to behave this way. Like, yeah. just leave us out of it. And oh, I don't know. But they went on this trip and then they were watching the basketball games. Oh, you know, that's what it, no, it was the Cavs winning. Yeah. Like, fixed your like, marriage. <laughs> I bet I did that for a lot of people in Cleveland. So, so my parents don't follow sports at all. But every once in a while, they'll get caught up in some kind of a tournament of some kind. So yeah, then like I went out there a couple weekends ago and they were watching the basketball tournament and like they were all in on it together. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they've been married for 40 some years, which I realize there's ups and downs, but... Oh, every. <laughs> so, I was married for twelve, for eleven. No, thank you. Pass. It's exasperating for the rest of us yeah. that we have to go through this with you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Whenever I see an old couple and people are like, my grandparents have been married for sixty years, I'm like, ew, that's awful. <laughs> I never have like a heart, like a, oh my god, that's so beautiful. I'm always like, oh. Because they're having the same fights. They the like. Same fight with someone. You know, the same conversations incessantly. It's like boring for everybody else to have you guys have been together this long. I always know within, I think, two months of dating someone, because I was married for so long before, I always kind of know, I'm like, 
oh, this is the thing you would do that after five years of marrying you would make me just like... I usually know that like a first date. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, great, loud chewing. We're breaking up now. (laughs) And like spits his snot out. That's cool. That's nice. Yeah. I I always pick up on people's idiosyncrasies in like my coworkers and stuff. And like I can can quote them like the five things that they say in rotation ad infinitum. Like, oh, great. You're saying that again. I say... um, it's ridiculous. I, ridiculous is my word that I use too much, that I'm super self-conscious of, but, like, I can't break. Like, I'm always like, it's ludicrous. <laughs> like, I'm always trying to say something else, but then it's But very... then it sounds like you're talking about ludicrous, <laughs> which is even more ludicrous. <laughs> Why are you talking about ludicrous? <laughs> I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with him. What do I say? This is the thing I'm always noticing everybody else's. Yeah. And then calling them out on them. Um... In any event, I don't say that. Um, I used to say, come on, come on. <laughs> like calling people out yeah. all the time, but I'm sure I have things. I'm sure you do. Now I'll have to pay attention because I feel like I'm not good at seeing, like I, I'm good at seeing like people, uh, the, like the things like if somebody, you know, spits a lot or picks their nose a lot or something. Facial tics. Facial tics. I'm good at seeing. I feel like I'm not good with verbal tics. I'm not good at recognizing other people's, but yeah. So your parents are speaking. <laughs> Which is bananas. Uh, <laughs> Super terrible. Soup's terrible. Yeah, I guess it's good. We're all going on a family vacation. Um, <laughs> so that'll be good to have them like um, doing their own thing over to the side, hopefully. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted to bring this up because if people have kids, I want them to think about this as the kids get older. Don't talk to your kids about your marital problems. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I was talking to another friend who was telling me that uh, his mom had caught his dad with watching pornography and she flipped out and called her son. And like her son had to go over there and talk her down about this like porn incident. She thought like the FBI was going to (laughs) come. And then there was like a red light on their house because he was watching internet porn. And he's like, like when people find out and he's like yeah it's not really that big of a deal but i was thinking about that because my mom is constantly talking to me about like how terrible my dad is when she's in one of these fights and i'm just like this is none of my business i don't want to know your problems with my dad it's my dad you're like go find a friend yeah this is totally inappropriate inappropriate. but i keep hearing stories of of people saying that their their parents like confide in them about their most intimate relationship with their partner and i just think off limits yeah my mom does not talk about that stuff she, she doesn't talk about anything she doesn't though talk about anything though um but we've had a major breakthrough in that really yeah because and i know that i think it was like three no it was like six months ago when we both picked something we we're gonna do before the next couple skate and you did yours <laughs> did you i wrote an email to your sister yeah which did, but which we never covered because it did not go well at all well, but you did it <laughs> and i did not do my thing and i did it last week uh, kind of off like a band-aid. I just was like, you guys should come over here. I have to tell you something really important. And I told uh, my mother and my stepfather and my brother all kind of in one fell swoop about my father being sexually abusive. And it's a weird situation to be in because I've processed it. It's actually not that big of a deal for me. Right. It's a huge thing to dump on other people, which right. is why I had avoided it for 36 years, you know? And like, um, but actually, um, it was funny. My brother, I was like, told him and he was like, can I go? <laughs> he did not want to talk about it at all. He just sort of was like, oh, my God. He did call me the next day and was was like, I'm sorry. I did not react well to that. I did not. He's like, I don't know 
what to do with that information. My mom, who, this is how I pictured this going. I pictured that I would tell her, she would shut down entirely. I had even talked to my counselor about having like a support group there for her in case she completely lost it. Um, but, but I was more expecting that she would just shut down and not talk to me for like a month or two and then just kind of be like, well, we never need to talk about that again. Yeah. Um, instead it was really pretty wild because, um, we had the first real conversation we've ever had. We had the first like actual vulnerable, emotional and like, like she told me stuff about her childhood. She talked to me about her own father and like, cause she also was a sexual abuse survivor and like. You know, did everything to protect me from it, but then couldn't because it was my father. Talked about, like, just how ashamed she was. And, like, she actually really opened up and talked to me. And it was crazy. I never expected her to do that. Like, I was, like, the best is she might cry really hard and apologize, you know, because she's going to feel like she's responsible. And I'll just talk her down and be like, you're not, it's not, you know. And I, But I knew it was a huge thing to dump on her. And I had warned my stepdad before that that's what was happening. And he was just like, oh, my God. Right. Oh dear God, that's going to be really bad. And it was actually she really handled it really well and agreed to come to an Al-Anon meeting with me sometime. And she's like, uh, you know, it's like a meeting for codependence, which oh boy, we are <laughs> good at. <laughs> so she, there was Olympics. There we, was an Olympics. We'd be competing in Brazil oh, this I, year. I would be so good. I'd be. Whew. Well, you know, I think this is a good reminder because I am a worst case scenario. Um, anticipator everything everything that i have to do like that has any sort of emotional resonance or weight or um whatever i automatically assume that it's going to be catastrophic and that it's going like i cannot almost envision how something could go successfully and be a positive interaction (laughs) and then and yet i give the advice to people when they're having you know a uncomfortable moment or need to talk to somebody about something i'm always like you know it's just it doesn't always go that badly in fact most of the time it doesn't go that badly so give people a little more credit and you know have hope that you can have a breakthrough and look you did and it's funny because often after shows and stuff or you know people who listen to my other podcasts or this podcast. Or this podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, um, because we talk. Nobody uh, listens to this podcast. Yes. That's fine. People will come up to me after shows and be like, you know, I was an abuse survivor. And oftentimes they'll tell me, my wife doesn't know. My husband doesn't know. I've never told my counselor. You know, I've never talked to anybody in my family. And I'm always trying to be like, you have to tell people. You know, you, you've got to open up to people. Well, kind of in my heart being like, but I haven't done that. But I'm gonna. I will. I will. I will. Right. When it's the time is right. And, um, so I felt good to just finally kind of have that over with. And it's been hanging over me. Like, every time I talk to my mom, it's kind of in the back of my head, like, you should just sell her. Just sell her right now. Why not? Just sell her. It's not a big deal. But I also just knew it could be heavy. But it was fine. And then she's actually coming camping with us when we go to the coast. She and my, my stepdad are going to come out for a few days. And nice. Too. So, yeah, that'll be very sweet. And kind of, I think it'll kind of help mend that. Like, she was so, like, wrecked by it and so upset but like I said for me I'm kind of like um she was crying a lot and I was kind of like patting her hand and being like it's a hard thing and even my stepdad called and was like I feel weird because oh my god and this is so sweet my stepdad is like such a quintessential like the man's man like has you know kind of 50 cells like doesn't understand has no vocabulary for feelings you know right and he called him and was like oh your mom's you know she's having a lot of you know, 
know, she's been crying a lot. <laughs> and I know we're supposed to kind of be here for you and support you, but boy, your mom's she's really struggling, and you seem fine, and I don't know what we do here. <laughs> and it was sweet, because he, like, wants to be supportive, but he's also, like, doesn't know who, like, what to do, and thought it was very sweet in that very man way of, like, help me, help me, help me, help me, what are these things, <laughs> these feelings, I don't know what you're doing. It was very, very sweet, so. But Good, well, congratulations. Yeah, That's a major, major breakthrough. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and now, you, and now you don't have to do it again. Now I don't have to do it again, yeah. <sighs> My brother lives around the corner from me. Like, we could walk outside and I could point to the back of his house, basically. And we, But we don't hang out a lot. We're not very close. And I've never met your brother. Yeah. Not no. that I've ever met, really, anybody in your yeah, life. Yeah, but <laughs> anybody in my life. He comes on my birthday party. You know my sisters and my parents. My brother is kind of the... He just doesn't come around a whole lot. Like, um, he's just not really a part of the family in a lot of ways. Um, and we've never really been very close. Um, but he... It's partly because he's very close to my biological father. And so, like, he kind of aligned himself with that side, and I went with my mom's side. And um, so when I told him, I think he just kind of didn't know what to do with it. But he was like, uh, well, did you hear that? Um, so our father and his wife, my stepmom, they got divorced, like, a month or two months ago. And I was like, no, I hadn't even heard that because I have no contact with him. And he was like, yeah, he's been living in my driveway <gasps> for the last two months. And I was like... Like, just imagining that he was so close. Like, he was right there. Oh, my God. And, like, what the f-? and I'm like, you didn't think to mention that to me? And he was like, I thought it just pissed you off. And I was like, oh, my God. And he was like, yeah, he's been really depressed and suicidal. And I was kind of like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> it was really weird. But, yeah. No, the whole thing the whole thing was pretty positive, actually, other than some of the... <laughs> Some of the stuff with my brother was a little weird, but anyway, he called the next day, so he's fine. Um, it was my birthday. So I know. That was kind of a little birthday gift to myself. <laughs> yeah, I got really upset because you were out of town. I didn't get really upset. That's an exaggeration, but I got—I <laughs> was fucking pissed. No, when you were, were you two broken arms, pissed. Like <laughs> I had broken both my arms. You had to feed me. Were you that pissed? Uh, yeah, I was, but, um, no, because you were out of town and it was your birthday and you left on your birthday. I, left, I had to get up at four in the morning on my birthday to fly out to Indiana to do the limestone festival, which is my favorite. Um, I was bitching about it a lot kind of in the morning, but then later I was like, this is actually really amazing. I get to fly out for my birthday to do my favorite show and open for Bobcat Goldthwait, who's one of my favorite comedians. I just. In Bloomington, which is one of my favorite towns ever. One of my favorite towns. It's the, it's great it's so gorgeous there so it was wonderful uh it was a little bit of uh I did have a little bit of an experience because um when I got to the show so I had tweeted out beforehand that it would be me um Jim Luger Bob Pecklefoot and Caitlin Gill on the show and then when I got there um the guy Jared who runs the festival pulled me aside he's like did you hear that Jim died and I didn't know that Jim had had um big Jim uh, was a really sweet guy, very big, warm, um, teddy bear kind of a guy, just a loving... I had only met him a handful of times. We weren't, like, super close. I just knew him through comedy. Um, but he was, like, he had had cancer, and he was, like, I didn't even hear that he had died, and I just hadn't heard, and I was, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I tweeted it. And he goes, no, actually, that's okay, because he's still going to be on the show. <laughs> and I was, like, What? Oh. And so this is, like, the host is out 
doing his five minutes and he goes, we're going to do a tribute for Big Jim and um, do, we're, so we're going to like talk about it and then we're going to play his seven minute video and then you're up. <laughs> what are you supposed like, to do with that? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. That's why we put you in that spot. We thought you could handle it. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And he was like, happy birthday. Um, so then they did that. And um, they did this, this cool, Jared is one of those guys, I've never seen Jared cry. I've never seen him. Like, he's not an emotional dude. He's a very, very sweet, nice guy. Um, but he's not like a, you know, he's not a crier. Um, he and Matt Alano Martin, they went out and they talked about what Jim meant to the community and how much people loved him. And they both were bawling. It, and it was like seeing your dad cry. We were like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> and then they played his seven-minute video, and we were standing in the wings watching it. And I, like, I'm getting chills talking about it. I started bawling. I started crying so hard. I was just, like, sobbing. And Jared came over and gave me, like, he, like, grabbed my shoulder. And he was, like, he was bawling. And he was, like, this was a huge mistake. I'm so fucking sorry. You don't have to go out. I don't know. We can just send Bobcat out. And I was like, and then he walked away. And then I'm bawling and Matt's crying and everyone in the in the wings is crying. Um, and Jared comes back and he's like, I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. This is such a fuck up. But I was like, had a couple thoughts and I was like, no. Um, and this is something I've been doing lately. I've been trusting my gut. I've been like, when I have an instinct before I go on stage, even if it seems like, well, maybe that's a really bad idea. I've been like, no, go with it. That's what your gut said first. So I was like, I got this. I think I have it. I think it's going to be fine. And he was like, I don't know. I, let's just send Bobcat out. And I'm like, no, let me do this. Let me have this. Like you said, you put me here for a reason. I have this. So the clip ends. The host comes over. He's like, do you want me to use three or four minutes of like filler time? And I was like, no, just bring me out. Like I have it. And he's like, he's like, okay. So he went out um, and was just kind of like made like a small like little intro and then brought me out. And I went out and you could see the lights were up enough that you could see the crowd and the crowd had been crying and they were also had this like, what the fuck happens now? Like, you could right. see it, it was like, I don't know. I think that theater holds like 400 people, but mm -hmm. they were just like, what happens to us? And I just went out and was like, Hey, you know, and I was still crying. Like I was totally choking up and like still crying. And I was like, Hey, you know, I just want to thank Limestone for taking a moment. Cause I do think it's really cool that they did that. Yeah. Like, instead of just trying to, like, remove him from the thing and pretend it didn't happen, like, they still gave him in seven minutes, and I felt like that was just a really classy, powerful, like, kind move to, like, include someone still, even though they died, instead of just, you know, normally comedy tries to, like, kind of, like, let's not talk about that, blah, 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 you know, and I right. was like, so I went out and I was like, I want to thank Simestone for, like, giving Jim his time, and I, you know, he meant a lot to everybody, and I just, I don't know if I believe in an afterlife, but I want... If Big Jim can hear me right now, I just wanted to say one thing to him, and it's, you know, who books that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the crowd just fucking died. Like, they just, because they totally didn't know what right. I was going to say. And then when I said that, you could hear this, like, gasping intake of breath, and then just, they died laughing. Right. And howling and howling. And I was like, I don't know if he's in heaven or hell, but I got seven minutes of pain and seven minutes of that stuff. Like, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, Jim. And then they just, like, loved that, and then I... Um, I was just like, I made a few more like little kind of references to that and was just like kind of making, I made fun of myself because I was like, oh, well, a man died, but I'm here to make dick jokes. So everything's fine. And then I just went into my material and you could feel the crowd be like, 
oh, we're safe. Things are fine. We can move through this together. And after I got off stage, and this is like probably the best birthday gift I've ever gotten. No offense, your card was lovely. I you, uh, <laughs> it wasn't because I, <laughs> <laughs> I also had to follow something that I could never have followed. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, you actually did so much better in your uh, following than I am. So congratulations. Arthur wrote Boop. me the most amazing card that said, I am going to have the best life because of you and my mom. And I'm so grateful to have you. And and then you were like, also, here's my card. Because <laughs> I opened his first. And you're like, yeah, you like teared up. And you're like, oh, my God, I love this. And you're like sharing it around. And I was like, great. great. Why didn't you open that one fucking last? Because <laughs> usually my kids put the amount of, of thought and time they put into my present is um, they'll write, mom. Calvin has literally for Mother's Day handed me a, a piece of paper that he drew half a heart on. He didn't even finish the heart and it says mom. And he's handed it to me. Happy Mother's Day. So I was expecting that level and then I could move past that to your card which is very heartfelt but then instead Arthur really stole the show and he got me a travel mug. Like, it was a pretty, it was all pretty great. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, so I, um, so I got off the stage and I walked back into the wings and Bobcat Goldfit was standing there and he was like, I've never seen anybody do what you just did. That was, that was incredible. And he was like, you're amazing. I've never seen someone do that. And I was kind of like, I started crying again. I was just kind of shaking. And then Jeff came to the back and was like, I'm so honored that I get to tour with you. I, you're the best person here. You're amazing. And it was, um, I'm not. You know, I'm not saying I'm, like, the best comedian, but if you need somebody to follow a dead guy, like, I am your huckleberry. Like, I am really good at taking something that's really sad and being able to make it funny and, like, being able to take a moment that's too real for everybody and, like, acknowledge it and move through it. Like How that. lucky you were there. How yeah. lucky you were on the bill. Yeah, well, and that's what they, they said. They purposely put me there. That wasn't an act. Because they moved. They had moved me to the Bobcat show, which is hilariously, I thought it was because of my birthday. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's nice. They gave me, like, they let me open for Bobcat on my birthday because they're my friends and that's sweet. But it was like, and they were like, yeah, that's why. <laughs> but then later I was like, well, it's because we knew you could follow Big Jim. So it was, it was pretty cool. And I felt honored, you know, that I got to be the person to follow him. And the whole thing was pretty sweet. But uh, but I, I, it was one of those times, like, I was like, I'm going to try to make a joke out of it. And I'm like, what if it's a disaster? What if it falls totally flat and everybody thinks I'm being insensitive? And I was like, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Try it anyway. So. No, what I think, especially in a situation like that where everybody's feeling vulnerable, um, my mom told me once, and I don't think this is necessarily true with comedy, but I can see how it would be in certain situations such as this, which is the audience is on your side and they are looking to you to know uh, for guidance. Mm-hmm. And like, so you provided that, which is amazing. Yeah, it's like me and a preschool teacher. Right. Like everybody's looking at you like, what, what do we do? Next? And if right. you're like, hey, we've got this. If, if you go out there with confidence, that's kind of, I think, in the last year, what's changed for me in comedy is my level of confidence, where my material was good, my stage presence was good, but I was still always kind of asking the crowd for permission right. when I would do jokes instead of just committing to it. Like, it's a very woman thing to do. I see women a lot be like, joke, 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 joke. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And it's a hard thing to just commit to your own stuff, trust your gut. And I think I've really started to do that this last year. Just go out and, you know, control the show and be myself and have fun. It's taken some time to do that. But, yeah, it was cool. And the rest of the festival was so, so, so fun. I don't ever go to after parties because I don't drink and I like to be back in bed by 11. But I went to all the after parties because they had dance parties. And I danced until... um, my feet were like numb and we had a we had a good time it was really sweet it was very fun 
Good. Well, happy birthday. And I'm glad you came back and had your annual birthday party so that I could come. Yeah. That's one of the few annual things that I actually do yeah, is go to your birthday. I used to always so dread having a birthday party. And now this, like, um, for the last, like, five years, I think I've just started to just have a birthday party, invite kind of the same group of people. And it's actually very sweet. It's a very sweet thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I always enjoy it. So thank you for the invite. You're welcome. Thank you for including me. Do you have any good birthday stories? Do you have any good, like... <sighs> birthday party story. well um in my family we only got a birthday party which i think is brilliant um when we were five when we were 10 um <laughs> when we were 13 we got to take a trip mm-hmm. with our with our parent and then we were supposed to have a 16th birthday but i didn't actually have a 16th birthday so i only had a couple birthday parties but that's because our there's four kids mm-hmm. and our birthdays are january february and march april mm-hmm. and so my mom decided like you get a birthday and we're going to go all out once every five years. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Which I, I think worked great. I mean, obviously we celebrated the birthdays yeah. and we have what we call birthday month. So you get to do stuff throughout the month. Yeah. And so it wasn't that we weren't being celebrated that we didn't get presents. It's that we didn't have a birthday party, Yeah, that makes sense. you know, with all your friends and everything, which would have been, you know, like a logistic nightmare for my mother. She would have been yeah. making birthday plans like, all for four solid oh, months. I get it. Mine are um, <laughs> April, May, June. Yeah. Is, and so it's like you have, um, and that's just my three. And the other, you know, you have like constant birthdays with six kids. It's just all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. So I don't remember too much about, I mean, other than I had really fun birthdays, I don't remember any specific things. But one thing um, uh, that I remember is uh, Christmas where I was probably like eight or nine and I realized um, that I could ask Santa for whatever I wanted. And so I really thought long and hard and I, re- I decided, oh God, no, till I was like 15. What are you talking about? Well, Santa, you know, like, like I could ask for something and I would get it on Christmas. And so maybe I was a little, maybe I was a little younger. Maybe I was seven. Um, but I wasn't allowed to have many coloring books um, if I wanted to, you know, do drawing or anything, then I would just have to use paper. But I did have a couple of coloring books. I had a Muppet Babies coloring book and I had a um, mythology, Bullfinch's mythology coloring book. So what I would do was I would lay a piece of tracing paper over the coloring book page, trace it and then color it. So I realized that I could ask for a copy machine. And then <laughs> all of my problems would be solved. What a simple, what a simple gift. You're not going to buy me a coloring book. Yeah, don't, don't bring me more coloring books. A copy machine is really where it's at. I was like, I could just, I could then just photocopy the shit out of this, color it as many times as I wanted, and then... um you know, I could even potentially, like, my brother one time got a hold of my Muppet Babies coloring book and, like, scribbled all of it. Oh, my God. He should have been killed for that. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Christmas morning, guess what? I didn't get a fucking copy machine. What? <laughs> I'm sure I, 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 I,
uh, I was just crying and crying and crying. And my parents were like, what is going on? Like, we didn't really even know that this was something that you were serious about. And oh we couldn't get you a copy machine. Like, that's, this was not in the era where there yeah, was like, huge. <laughs> it was like, it was the 80s. This was 88 Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So those were the and, massive. Right. Unless you worked for like HP or something. Yeah. You don't have a fucking copy machine. No. Um. So anyway, my poor parents felt terrible because they they hadn't even given me a clue that I wasn't going to get this. And oh so then God. they felt really bad. But the best part of it was, uh, fast forward a few months and it is summer and my mom goes to a garage sale and they, this garage sale has one of the f- first like desktop copy machines that uses the heat sensitive like fax paper mm-hmm. and she fucking bought it. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> So I actually, I actually got a copy machine. Did you use it? Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) But the worst part was, I mean, not the worst part. The worst part was not getting a copy machine, but it was that, um, that heat sensitive paper. That's really slick. Yeah. Not good for crayons. (laughs) So all of that. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I still have those two coloring books. Do you? I do. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to color so badly. Now it's the trend, and I'm like, you guys don't even know. I asked for and received a microscope. A oh, wow. microscope for one of my teenage birthdays because I really wanted to look at bugs underneath it. Like, that's the kind of teenager I was. I was, like, pretty into bugs, but I kind of hadn't thought out beforehand what that would be like to unwrap in front of my friend because <laughs> it was sort of a <laughs> private hobby. And my friends were all, like, cool, you know, like South Junior High gangsta kids, and then I had gotten this microscope, and so I had to be like, "A might what? <laughs> Lame? What? What? What kind of dumb present is this?" Oh, and my no. parents were like, "You ask him." I'm like, "Shut up! <laughs> you guys are dorks. Ugh, Gross." And like later, I had to be like, "Thanks for the microscope. This is the best fucking gift." And my parents were so baffled because they're like, "You specifically like this is the one you picked out. This is what you wanted." My mom had gotten it at a yard sale. Same thing, they were super expensive. And I, I used that constantly. Like, I used it for, like, <laughs> six years near constantly looking at every goddamn thing. And you know what? Uh, as a, an older teenager, I looked at sperm. <laughs> and it was very interesting. I bet it was. And then later, I told my mom that one time because we were joking about it. And she goes, oh, yeah, your you're, uh, your stepdad and I, we did that one time. They looked at sperm under my micro- uh, microscope. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of a story of... when my brother was in college and I went to a garage sale and there was a stuffed squirrel on a log. And I was like, this is perfect for my brother's birthday. (laughs) So I wrapped it up and sent it in this huge box and shipped it to him, you know, as a joke Mm -hmm. to college. And I didn't know the story, but later he told me that it was totally humiliating because he was opening all these presents in front of his friends and they were having a party and this box, which I had shipped from my parents' business. So he assumed it was a gift from them. And he's like, Oh, my parents sent me something and it's in this huge box. And people started chanting laptop. (laughs) 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 So there's, laptop 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 and he opens it up and he pulls out this stuffed like moth-eaten stuffed squirrel oh god that's amazing oh my god 
And it ended up being great because it was then the mascot of the house that he lived in with all of his friends and they like dressed it up for parties and yeah, stuff. But, but it was just like, he was like, so great. everybody thought I was getting this like awesome present from my parents at college. Like <laughs> a $3 they squirrel. They prank us on our birthdays. So we always had a party, but they would always um, prank us. And uh, when I was 13, um, my mom had been like, you're not having a birthday party, and you can't go to your friend Margaret's birthday party because you're grounded. Whoa. And so we were – she picked me up from Margaret's house. Like, she came in – I had spent the night at Margaret's house and was going to stay for the party, but she picked me up, and then she was like, you're not staying for the party, and also blah, blah, blah. And so we're having this screaming fight. I'm 13. Um, we're having a screeching, and I'm like, I hate you. You're the worst mom in the world. I, I don't want to live with you anymore. Like, I'm just screaming at her because she's like, you can't have a birthday party, all this stuff. We drive, we're driving out to Lucky Peak, and I'm like, where are we fucking going? What is wrong with you? I just want to go home. I hate you so much. And she's like, um, there's a yard sale out here I want to go to, which my mom is a crazy yard seller. So, like, I was like, oh, my God, we're driving to fucking Lucky Peak for some crazy yard sale. We pull up, and um, all my friends jump up and yell, surprise, and they all start running towards me. I still don't understand <laughs> it, and I'm still bitching at her and, like, I fucking hate you. Like, rah, 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 rah. And she's, like, trying to point, like, your party, your, your party, and I just—it was like I couldn't. The cognitive right. dissonance was too much, and I wouldn't stop yelling at her. And I also I don't like surprises. I never really like to be surprised. And so then everybody, like all my friends, get me. We're having like a good—we're having a good time and stuff. But my parents always like to prank us with our birthday presents. And so I had asked for a new bike for my birthday, and so they were like, and we were broke when I was a kid. Like we were shit poor. Like my mom even got our underwear used from the goodwill like we had no no never anything new so i had asked for a bike and my parents were like we got you a new bike and i was like oh my god and they wheel out this like broken down rusty <laughs> piece of shit with a bow on it and maybe because of the surprise party and i was already a little emotionally overwrought i just started sobbing uncontrollably and just like in no way caught that it was like a joke or that it was funny I just started sobbing and sobbing and sobbing and they like my stepdad, like, got on the bike and was, like, riding it around. It was just, like, this hideous monster bike. And I was like, oh. And then they were, like, they saw that I was upset. And they're like, no, 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 we got you a real bike, blah, blah, blah. And they, like, brought the real bike out. But I couldn't stop crying. <laughs> so there are pictures of me on this new bike riding around Lucky Peak just sobbing and sobbing. <laughs> I got a bike, too, but I got it for my 16th birthday. And I was so disappointed because I wanted a car. Yeah, a bike for your 16th birthday. Yeah. And you. the worst part was they gave me, uh, so they, so they wrapped it up. My present that I unwrapped was like this little booklet. And on the front of the booklet, it didn't say anything except for driver's manual. Oh my God. And so it was like a driver's manual for the bike. They, they knew what they were doing. That, oh. that is a fuck you. And, that is. You know, I was not an athletic uh, active. I was, I was a, um, artsy, angsty, um, like fashiony teen. Yeah. Like I was not the kind of person who I never read. I lived out way out in the country. Like, where am I going to ride this bike? Yeah. yeah. You know, thanks for the bike. And then when I was 17, they got me one of those, um, like Australian waxed cotton dusters. What? Have you seen those? Really? Yeah. And in fact, like, I think it's still in the back of my car right now because I found it the other day and it, like, infuriated me <laughs> that this was a gift that they had gotten me. It was, like, the like most uncool but not inexpensive thing. Oh, 
yeah. That's and, a really random gift. Yeah. Well, uh, so anyway, I found it the other day. I was like, why is this fucking thing still around? This hideous. It's like weighs 100 pounds. You mean like the coat. Yeah. Yeah, like the big 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 shoot up a school. Yeah, it's like yeah. a like for a like a Australian cowboy or something. Right. It's like ankle length yeah. and it's got the big like shoulder things and it's got sure. all these like double layers of snaps. Nothing about you that <laughs> you are going to be into that coat. Yeah. So I think they were like, "Well, she's 17. What can we I buy?" Can get her a duster. <laughs> it's like cover her up. Is a bike. 17 is a duster. 18 is a live snake. That's a good snake to ride your bike with. They have never redeemed themselves with gifts after that point. Yeah. So why you still have it though? I I have it because I I think I don't I don't even know why. Like it just has to maintain your rage. You know, like you (laughs) drink your car every so often, touch it. Well, I found it and I thought, how is it that I didn't get rid of this immediately? Yeah. You know, I mean, I never wore it. Never. It was ugly. It was heavy. That is a weird gift. Yeah. That is. But I don't know. My parents are the worst. I mean, like they have really, they're really well-meaning, but they're just tone deaf. Yeah. Like my mom still buys me clothes. She thinks I'm extremely overweight. Oh. So she always buys me huge, huge clothes. Yeah. And then she also buys clothes for, that are appropriate for my 16-year-old self. Like her impression of me stopped when i was a teen and so she still gets me like a giant chenille sweater you know or like a silk big shirt (laughs) like how you've known me you've now known me for 20 years beyond the time that i'm wearing a silk big shirt and yet still you're like this looks like jocelyn (laughs) and every time i'm like what is this and why is it a 2xl yeah like (laughs) yeah and you know anyway i am bigger than her but she my mom dresses, like, whenever she buys me clothes, they're always super 90s. Like, yeah. It would be that, like, weird, crunchy material that was kind of in for tank tops for a while. Like, that was, like, uh-huh. you know, like, the weird fibery thing. And I, like, she'll buy me those, or she'll, like, buy me, like, hippie skirts. Like, the long, flowy hippie skirts. And I'm, like... Something with sunflowers on yeah, it. sunflowers. Or um, ladybugs. I'm, like, I was into ladybugs for, like, three months. Yeah. She bought, <laughs> she bought me, and was so excited. She bought me this black velvet tank dress like a tank like but long like to your ankles but like a tank and she was like you would look so pretty in this and i was like what? <laughs> in high going? school yeah did you get me a choker because you can't wear this out of choker and then those little tiny- a yin yang choker yeah. <laughs> like thank you uh yeah so <laughs> insane i have one more thing i want to tell you before we end this episode because it's so perfect um and it's a birthday thing on Calvin's birthday is uh, the 22nd. Mine is the 2nd of June. And for Calvin's party, he wanted to go to this, like, stand-up quarter or arcade and have pizza with his friends. And so we did that. And then we came back here and there was, like, I don't know, 16 kids running around, including some of mine. And um, they all asked if they could go down to the park, which is, like, a block from us. And I was like, yeah. So they all left. And I, after a little bit, I thought I should probably walk down and make sure they're not, like, burning the place down, you know. So I walk down there. And when I show up, Arthur, who is eight, and his cousin, um, Ramsey, who is also eight, are standing there kind of in a confrontation with all these big kids, Calvin and his friend who are 13. And I, when I walk up, it looks like they're like yelling at each other. It looks like the big kids are hassling. So I walk up and I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Are you guys hassling these guys? What's going on? And Calvin and his friends are like, they're lunatics. And they take off. All the big kids take off. And I'm like, whoa, what happened? And then Ken Arthur's like, 
those four teenagers who weren't a part of our party, just teenagers at the park, those four kids over there, the kid in the red shirt was, has been bullying us. And, um, he's like, we were trying to get the big kids to go and stop it. And he was like, he was like, they're being jerks to us. They're being super mean. And we were, I was like, oh, okay. So I walked over and, um, to these, and he told me they threw a stick at us and they flipped us off and they called us a bunch of names. So I walk over and I go up to these four teenagers. And even as I'm walking over, I'm like, yeah, I'm the kind of mom that will throw down. Like, I'm not going to just be like, oh, well, try to avoid them, sweetie. I was like, I'm going to go chew some teenager ass. So I get over there and, um, one of the kids, so with the kid in the red shirt, I walk up to it and I'm like, hey, are you hassling little kids at the park? Are you bullying little kids? And all the kids are like, oh, you know, all these teenagers, they're like all 12 and 13 and they're like, oh, shit, oh, shit. But this kid is my size. He's bigger than me. Which and, is not that big. No, but I mean, <laughs> and, and he's, so he's tall, he's probably like five, four and he's a, he's stocky. So he's a big kid. And I'm like, are you fucking with kids? Like, are you hassling kids at the park? What are you doing? And he's like, he's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, yeah. And so Arthur and his cousin come up and I'm like, I'm like, these two say that you're hassling kids and that you're bullying little kids at the park. And then he's like, oh, no, I didn't. I'm like, did you throw sticks at them? Are you throwing stuff? And he was like, yeah, but, but. And I'm like, no, not yeah, but. You don't throw sticks at kids. And I'm like, did you flip them off? And he's like, yeah, but that kid was flipping me off and calling me a bunch of names. And I'm like, which kid? And he's like, the kid in the red shirt, which, of course, is my goddamn kid. And I look at Arthur, and I'm like, were you hassling the seventh grader? And he's like, oh, well, only after he threw a stick at me. And then the kid in the red shirt's like, and that kid? jumped up and tried to choke me and attacked me and so I turned to my nephew and I'm like what the fuck are you doing and so I asked the two kids in my group and their group who seemed the most sensible to tell me the story and the story was big group of kids comes over to where the little kids are playing we're throwing sticks little kids turn around so Arthur and Ramsey turn around and with their other cousin they are like knock it off blah 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 big kid red shirt flips them off so Think of yourself at eight. And they're a small eight. You've yeah, he's tiny. he's tiny. He looks like he's five. Um, You would have been like, well, these kids are mean and run away or something. Arthur starts double fist flipping them off, calling them a bunch of names. And Ramsey jumps up on the kid and attacks him and starts <laughs> trying to choke him. The kid's like, what the fuck? Pushes these two little kids off and is like, you guys are bananas. Go home. And they walk. So then the big kids walk away. And then Arthur and Ramsey go back and start hassling them again and are calling them names and flipping them off and, like, trying to start an altercation. The big kids, again, are like, you guys are crazy. Walk away again. Arthur and Ramsey go over to um, where all the big kids are, my big kids are playing, and get wooden swords and wooden axes that they had brought to go to the park, which is right where I walked up, where they were going to go and have an altercation with these big kids, these four seventh graders. So I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking? These, and I'm told, Arthur, I'm like, this kid could have knocked your teeth out. You're lucky that he's actually a nice kid. And he was just kind of like, whoa. So I told the kid, I gave him a high five. I'm like, sorry, dude. Yep, have a good night. Uh, don't throw sticks at people. But also, <laughs> thanks for not knocking out a couple of shithead eight, eight-year-olds. And it was funny because when they were walking away, one of the kids was like, mom of the year. Because <laughs> when they walked away, I was chewing the two little kids out like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't attack seventh graders like you think it's that your ass handed to you so arthur i was like what were you thinking you went to go get wooden swords and shields and axes like what were you thinking and he goes well we were gonna walk over to him and i was gonna be like you want to go <laughs> and i was like arthur 
what if he had wanted to go? <laughs> what if he was like, yeah, let's go? And he goes, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I thought he would just walk away and back down. I'm like, why would you think that? He's huge. He's three of you. Why would he walk away? What if he had wanted to go? And he was like, I don't know. I didn't think that far. I just was like, thought it would be funny to. And I was like, what? And like, Arthur, I'm like, I don't know where this is coming from. Like, his cousin's kind of macho and was raised real macho like that. And him, I'm like. Yeah, but his dad's that... into uh, LARPing, yeah, right? his dad's into sort of <laughs> banging on people with axes and stuff. So, yeah, maybe that's part of it. Is he was just like, that's what we do. But I chewed them both out, and I was like, you are so lucky. You are so lucky to get the shit kicked out of you, you little moron. And um, Arthur was very contrite. And, and I also told him later, I was like, I did not raise you to be the kind of person who escalates shit like that to violence because of your pride. Like, that is not the person I've raised you to be. And I am super disappointed. That you would take a uh, big kid throwing stick thing and be like, let's go fucking beat these guys up, which we can't even do. But my nephew, I was like, you cannot act like that. Like, you cannot, you can't start fights like that. And he was kind of just like, what? Sometimes, sometimes a man's got to defend himself. Like, <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I don't, you're not mine, so I don't know what to do with that. But I did give him a kind of a talk about, like, you know, what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be a problem solver, a problem maker? But I don't know if it dented any of that much. I'm guessing no. I'm going to go with no on that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good luck. I And Arthur, then, we were in the car later, and I, t- I had this big talk with him for, like, 20 minutes about to- toxic masculinity. <laughs> that he was like, I'm eight. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is what you get. I'm going to talk to you about this shit a whole bunch now. And he was like, ah. So, yeah, that was Calvin's birthday present was his brother trying to... Because Calvin, Calvin and Henry were there, and they were like, we would have had to fight those guys to stick up for you. Like, because that's part, that's why they were yelling at them, is to not go back over there. They're like, if they beat you up, we're going to have to go and defend you, and you, we're going to end up fighting these guys because you were being a little asshole. Right. And, and Calvin was like, I'm not defending you, because you are going back. He's like, if they, if they, I'm sorry, I didn't do it. I'm not defending you. <laughs> if you go back and you start a fight, I'm not defending you. And Henry was much more like, no, dude. I'm not, you can't go back and do this. Ugh, so. Anyway, happy birthday. Happy birthday, uh, everyone. Happy birthday, everyone. And uh, we'll see you very soon. Very soon. Yeah, don't make promises you can't keep. Well, this is the first episode going down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love you. Bye. Bye.